Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome into the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters. We are all three in drastically different locations. Craig reporting from Gila River Arena, PD from home, me at the studio. But we are in his jammies. Yeah, I know. I told my <laughs> Thank goodness, we work. We just exactly. finished the last show a few minutes ago. <laughs> that's yeah, that's like. what it feels like, seriously. But you know, it's been a busy re- week in the NHL. We obviously had our trade deadline show specifically about the Coyotes, but we've been wanting to talk about all the moves made around the NHL because there were a bunch. There were some impactful ones. There were some interesting ones, and we want to look at the moves made around the NHL. So that's what we're going to do today. Some of them are dramatic and we'll get to that as well. So let's look around the NHL and we'll just go division by division, kind of evaluate which of the contenders got better, which maybe didn't. And let's start in the Metropolitan Division with Carolina, (laughs) who got... Former Coyote, Max Domi. And in the uh, notes, Craig said, meh. <laughs> Max Domi has one goal in his last 31 games. I Listen, Carolina has done some reclamation projects, but I, I don't get that one. Maybe they're just... They're just happy with what they've got right now. They're rolling. I mean, they're they're an elite team, so maybe they feel like they didn't need to tweak anything. Maybe ownership didn't want to spend anything more. I don't I don't know what the what the deal is there, but Carolina really didn't do much at the trade deadline. I don't I don't what I don't understand, and I, I look at this team, the Carolina Hurricanes to me are, are one of the teams when you look around the league that's strong at the middle of the ice. I mean, it's one of the teams, you know, Craig talks about it continually about middle of the ice, but they got Sebastian Ajo, Vinny Trocek, Jordan Stahl, and Jesper Kotakanami. That's a pretty strong one through four. I mean, when Kotakanami is playing in your four hole, like that, that's pretty strong up the middle of the ice. So, so to me, when I look at this lineup, where in the hell does Max Domi fit? So unless they're looking for center depth in case, you know, a long playoff run and they've got somebody that can jump in and they don't have to move someone to the middle that normally doesn't play the middle. I know Mort, Martinuk is injured right now. Um, 
does does that slide Max Domi over to the wing? You know, you got Derek Stepan, who who has played most of his career in the middle of the ice. They've got him on the wing of that fourth line right now because they don't have room for Derek Stepan. So if you don't have room for Derek Stepan, who's a defensive-minded centerman, where the hell are you going to slot Max Domi? And I just I don't get it. But it's a good team that's expecting to have a long run, so maybe they're just looking for depth. It felt like they, out of all of the contending teams, that they made the fewest moves at the yep. deadline. I'd agree with that. Um, well, moving on to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh got Ricard Raquel to um, a left left wing or right wing? What I, I just had it open. Right wing. Um, yeah. He'll play probably w- with Evgeny Malkin. Oof. That was Raquel has 28 points in 52 games this season. Didn't have any points with Pittsburgh in his debut with them. Thoughts on this move? Well, I mean, you hope that uh, I'm sure Pittsburgh is hoping that they can recapture some of what Ricard Raquel bought, it brought in past seasons when he was a he was a really good goal scorer. I mean, it had a couple 30 goal seasons with Anaheim earlier, but he's he slipped a little bit. Maybe that's partly to do with with what's going on in Anaheim. But I really like the idea of putting him on Geno's line. I'm, I'm curious to see. And Pittsburgh is playing really good hockey right now. They're really not being talked about so much as a contender, but man, how do you sleep on the Pittsburgh Penguins when they've got Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and they've got cup-winning experience? I just think Although it I... gives them the added depth up front, so their top two lines now are a threat every time they're on the ice. I mean, Raquel with with um, Malkin is a fantastic lineup. Those top two lines are a threat. This This helps the Pittsburgh Penguins. I have to say, I was listening to a podcast today where two different times, where I do two different people mentioned Pittsburgh being the team to watch in the East, and they were referred to as a sleeper team. I know they've won a lot and they're winning a lot this year, but when you stack them up against maybe Florida, Tampa, Carolina, they're probably not the top that come to mind as the runaway in the East. But I don't know. Never count Pittsburgh out. Um, so we'll see how that addition works out for them. Um, New York. Uh, Andrew Kopp and Justin Braun were their additions at the deadline. We talked about them as one who might be able to fit Phil Kessel in. Obviously, Kessel did not move for them. Thoughts on the moves the Rangers made at the deadline? What do you think, Petey? This is just another team that just needs to add some depth. I mean, they're already loaded up front with Kreiner, Zabanejad. i got to get these names down today. <laughs> you know, Panarin, they have that scoring. They're just looking for the guys that can fill out the bottom six, that can help add depth. Um, Tyler Mott does that. Andrew Kopp does that. This They're trying to get what, what Tampa Bay had when they ran for the cup. They want that third and fourth line that can be be on the ice at any moment, can help provide a little offense, but can add that little bit of grit. So I like their moves. I don't think they're as dramatic as some of the other teams, but I don't think they needed to be. This is a team that's going to rely on their goaltending in the playoffs. Um, he's shown that he is, Shesterkin is the best goalie in the league right now. Um, they just wanted to be a little more balanced top to bottom in depth. So I, I think this, they're good moves. They're not dramatic. They're not big, big splashy moves, but I think they're good moves to make a, a team add a little more depth. Yeah, I, And by the way, Leah, you mentioned uh, that the Rangers were one of the rumored teams to be in on Phil Kessel. They, they were, in fact, in on Phil Kessel. They were actually one of two teams. Uh, the other was uh, the Nashville Predators who were, who were sniffing on Phil Kessel. The problem, of course, was that cap hit. And both of those teams wanted the Coyotes to take on some of that hit. And, of course, the Coyotes 
really didn't want to do that. They wanted to use that. I mean, they got a third round pick for Johan Larson, which which brought him to the max. So it was uh, it was tough getting Phil, Phil Kessel to work into anybody's situation. Question: If tomorrow the playoffs started and the Rangers played the Penguins, who do you have winning that series? They got to take the Penguins. Yeah, Just like their experience. I, I mean, yeah. you'd think that rules the day. I. But the Penguins have also struggled getting out of the first round the last few years. I mean, if I'm looking at Shesterkin versus Jari, I, I got to give the nod to Shesterkin, but we haven't seen what he's going to be in the playoffs. Um, the Rangers can score, but the Pittsburgh Penguins can score more. Um, I tell you what, it's a seven-game series, and I'll give the nod to the goalie. I'll go Rangers wow. in seven. Interesting. Thank gosh I don't uh, have to do that yet. Yeah. Anyway, I know we've done a lot of playoff predicting for hypothetical matchups, so we won't dive too much into it. It's a great matchup, though. It's one of those that you really look forward to watching. I'm just curious about that. Um, All right. Washington Capitals got Marcus Johansson and, of course, Johan Larson, which we talked about on our Coyotes deadline breakdown. Um, When I look at Washington myself, I feel like, for me, they're not of the East, which is stacked. And I mean, Washington's Washington, so I'd never count them out. But it's not the team that I look at as, oh, this is a team that can make a deep cup run this year. But that's, I don't know what your thoughts are, but they didn't really make any major moves at the deadline either. I like both of these moves as depth moves to strengthen them up front. Um, Both of those guys can help them. Marcus Johansson obviously has some familiarity there. And Johan Larson, we know what he can bring to a team. So I actually like both of these depth moves. But, yeah, you're right, Leah. It's just the problem is they're in the Eastern Conference. If Washington was in the West, I think you could look at them as a a potential candidate, you know, right behind maybe Colorado and Calgary to come out of the West. But in the East, it's going to be a really, really hard path for them. Yeah, I don't know. Not as dramatic moves as you've seen the other teams in the East make. The you, You've got Alex Ovechkin on the ice. can score at any time. Kuznetsov can get hot. Um, if they can stay healthy, maybe. They're going to sneak in as a wild card team. They're not going to love their matchup uh, as the first round. They're not as good as the top end teams in the East. And I'm also concerned about their goaltending. has been very inconsistent this year with Samsonov. Um, so I'm not sure this helps get them over the hump. Great depth moves. And, and to Craig's point, in, in the Western Conference, they would be one of the favorites right now. Uh, but unfortunately, they're not. They're playing in the East. So I think this is going to be a tough playoff um, run for them. Um, I, I don't think they get through the first round. All right, let's move on to the Atlantic Division. This trade happened a couple of days before the deadline, but Boston acquired Lindholm from Anaheim for a 2022 first-round pick, a 2023 second-round pick, 2024 second-round pick, as well as two defensive players. And then Boston went on to sign Lindholm to a long – was that an eight-year deal? Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. So locked him up for eight years – that was a significant move. This was kind of one of the flashier moves that got things started for the deadline this year. Thoughts this on is, this one? Yeah, this is and this is one of those moves where you look at it and say, ah, okay, they they decided. We we talked about this. Will teams pay for Jacob Chikrin or will they go for a rental instead? And that's what Boston did. And I, Boston was definitely in on Jacob Chikrin as well. 
I think Hampus Lindholm can help Boston. He can give them some of the things that they need. He's he can particularly on the defensive side, but he's not the offensive player he once was in eight years. I I think this contract is going to look pretty bad a few years down the road. I don't think that they needed to go that kind of term for him. I think it's a good addition for him, Craig. I think in the short term, I agree with you. Long term, your deals in general are contracts that you buy year six, seven, and eight, no matter how good the players you go, what the hell did we do? And yeah. that's what's going to happen here in Boston. I agree. But that's so far in the future, we won't worry about it. But the thing that interests me in Boston is the player Jake DeBrusque that over the summer was demanding a trade, wanted out, coach wanted him out, player wanted out. And you thought, okay, he'll be gone at the trade deadline. I thought for sure. And then... Over the last month, they move him with Bergeron and Marchand, and he's been on fire. So what do they do? They signed him. So they they, they signed Jake DeBrusque, and now he's going to be a part of these top two lines. that I, Again, we talk about depth in the East. I like this Boston Bruin team a lot. The one hole they have is they needed a healthy Tuka Rask, and they don't have that. Jeremy Swayman has been great. But again, it's another guy that hasn't been through the rigors of an NHL playoffs. So yeah. what will he be in the playoffs? Will he be that story like, oh, my gosh, the young kid's playing out of his mind? Or, oh, shit, he's not quite ready. Um, will be TBD because I like this Boston Bruin team a lot. I, I worry about Swayman. Swayman's not big, first of all. And I, I just think the scouts are going to start picking him apart. I'm not I'm not sure about that one. The other thing I look at, like when I when I think about Lindholm, OK, you got him for eight years. Is Patrice Bergeron even coming back next season? He's a UFA. He'll be 37 years old. What What is your thinking here? What, what What's the plan in Boston? That one was bizarre to me. Anyway, we can move on to the rest of this ridiculously stacked division. Yeah, well, speaking of ridiculously stacked, let's talk about Florida because to me, they made the most significant moves out of everyone in the whole NHL, to be honest. Um, they're really going for it this year, which you have to respect um first up they acquired ben Sherratt from the canadians they gave up a 2023 first round pick a 2022 fourth round pick and a player for that one they acquired claude Giroux um for <laughs> owen tippett a 2024 first round pick so now they don't have first round picks in the 2023 or 2024 drafts um also gave up a 2023 third round pick for that one and also got Robert Hag. So quite a few big moves from mm-hmm. Florida. Thoughts on their moves. Claude Giroux with Sasha Barkov. Wow. I this this team was already a blast to watch. This team can fly. This team can score. And they got better. I mean, right now, looking at the NHL, I gotta think Florida's the cup favorite. Now they don't have the experience, so we'll see how that plays out. But man, this team is stacked right now, and they're so much fun to watch. And they need to get Aaron Eckblad back too. Yeah, and I think they will. Yeah, and it's not just it, let's talk about Eckblad. The other player they need is Anton Lundell. And you talk about key players that help you win a cup. It's that bottom six that's gonna get uh, their top six as good as any team in the National Hockey League right now. You had Claude Giroux on the right wing with Barkov and Verhage. It's a spot they've been trying to fill all year, and they've juggled guys in and out of that that final spot. Tippett most recently, which moved on in this trade. Claude Giroux takes this to a next level. Like, I, I, you've got so many good players here. I don't know how you feel like you're your number one power play. That's how good this team is. <laughs> They're fast. They can score. They can defend when Ekblad's healthy. Um, their goaltending, I like their one, too, especially if Bobrovsky can get hot. 
it, you agreed 100% this is the cup favorite, and I cannot wait to watch this team play playoff hockey. They anticipate offensively. They get more odd man rushes than any team in the league. They play fast, and they get to the net. And it's not just the top two lines. That third line, when they're healthy with, with Reinhardt and Marchman, they're dangerous too. So this is a really, really deep team. And Giroud just adds another element that will help them inside the room to him, a veteran leader that can help carry them through this thing. This is going to be a fun team to watch. And how about Giroux also playing exactly 1,000 games as a Philadelphia Flyer before getting traded? I think um, I heard somewhere that he's the only player in NHL history to play exactly 1,000 games with one team. So pretty significant for him. Um, He kind of had his emotional last game in Philadelphia, but they really pulled out all the stops for him. So. You know, I think Philly hasn't been great in the last couple of years, so you forget how good of a player Drew is. And even though he's played a thousand games, I'm going to be really excited to see him on Florida, um, which has been a really offensive team. Um, staying in Florida, we'll go to Tampa, who acquired Brandon Hagel, Nick Paul, and brought back Riley Nash, of course, which we spoke about the other day. But to get Brandon Hagel, they gave up a 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 first-round pick, and two players as well, and got a couple fourth-round picks back. Um, Craig, I know you were specifically surprised about this one. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, just it, it seemed like a steep price, and we heard that these prices were were expensive. But Brandon Hagel's not a rental either. He's under contract, and that's part of this. When you look at Tampa's cap situation down the road, they, they've had trouble every year trying to figure out their cap situation. Well, now you've got a depth score on, I think he makes like 1.5. So that's a really good contract to have a guy locked up for the future. So you know you're going to have that piece and you're not going to have cap issues with him. I guess it was worth it to them in that respect. And then when you look at Tampa's window, you say it's now. They've already won two cups, obviously. But this cup is this cup window isn't going to last much longer, so – okay, we gave up a couple first-round draft picks, but we're going for it now. We're going for it the next couple of seasons. That's how they're viewing this. PD, you're muted. <laughs> this is yeah, There should be a bingo really... card, like who is going to be muted when yeah, talking on all of our audio episodes. It's funny. <laughs> I'm the winner this time, but this is a team yep. that went for depth on the, the trade deadline two years ago when they won their first cup. They went for guys in the bottom six, and I think – Although it looks on paper that you pay, overpay for Brandon Hagel, here's a guy, their draft picks, turns out the Tampa Bay draft picks aren't top 10 picks. They're bottom five picks. So it's not, you're giving away the, you know, between 21st and 32nd. Those are the picks you're giving up. Not saying they're not valuable still, but this is a player they think that can help them win the cup again this year. He's young. He's offensively minded as a touch of grit to his game that's the thing that this team they're fearful of missing their third line players that they got them over the hump last night last year coleman and gordon those players so can hagel help bring some of that to bring this bottom six um through a tough playoff run and one thing that tampa bay lightning that has that i don't think any other team in the eastern conference can say right now is they have no injuries they have nobody on the ir at all so they're 100 healthy their problem right now is how interested are they in playing these last 20? This is a team that's played more hockey than any team in the National Hockey League over the last two seasons. And now you got to go play, what, Columbus? you got to go into Montreal. Like, how do you get up to play those games when you've won two cups? So I would look for them to this last 20 games. You're going to have more losses to this Tampa Bay lineup than you might expect, but expect them to roll in the playoffs again and take it to another gear. Rounding out the 
contenders in the East. Toronto got Mark Giordano and earlier in the year, Ilya Labushkin. But what they did not address was <laughs> their goaltending issue. There were some talks that they were in on Flurry, which that became a whole thing where conversations were made public and Kyle Dubas was really upset about it. Obviously addressing the need at D, but the goalie issue just remains a gaping hole for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. I mean, I like Giordano's experience. I like what he can add to that room and and that back. He can, he can add some stability back there. Listen, listen, Ilya Labushkin is a, he's a depth defense, but he's a third pair guy, um, but certainly useful. Um, it can thump, but Toronto just, maybe they address some of their needs on their blue line. I did think that that was a need as well, but their biggest need was goaltending. And now that they just lost <laughs> Harry Satari to the to the Coyotes. I mean, you're, you're hoping Jack Campbell comes back. If he does, you know, all this is okay, right? They can they can ride him, and he, if he can recapture what he was earlier in the season, they'll be okay. But that's a big question mark. And then the other big question for Toronto, of course, is the path. I just I I have a hard time seeing Toronto even getting out of the first round with their path. You, you look you look at if they played today it's Tampa, but they're tied with the, the last spot in the Atlantic and the top three with Boston. If Boston jumps them, now you're looking at on the road to Carolina or Florida. Neither of those like there is no path for this team. It, it's just they're in an unbelievably top heavy Atlantic division that just I, I don't see them getting out of that first round more or less. The second round or the Eastern Finals? I, I, I with Shalgren? I, yeah. I don't know. And, and one question I have for you, uh, Craig, with the, the Hari Sateri, um picking him off of waivers and, and, and virtually stealing him from the Toronto Maple Leafs. So down the road, Bill Armstrong wants to make a deal with Toronto, and he calls Kyle Dubas. Does Kyle give him the, the big F you because you just stole my goalie when we really needed him the most? Does this hurt future relations or not that big a deal? I, I mean, it's maybe, but... It's business. That's the way it works. Those are the rules. The Coyotes didn't do anything wrong. He had to because he was coming from the KHL, had to clear waivers. That Those are the rules. Everybody knows that ahead of time. So when you have to put him on waivers, you know you might lose him. And the Coyotes definitely were interested in, in taking a look at this guy. And they need a backup goalie because they just traded Scott Wedgwood. So too bad. That's that's the price of business. If you want to be petty about it, I mean, you, you could end up a few years down the road not doing deals with six or seven teams in the NHL, and then in the end, who's that hurting? You can't you right. can't cut off options when you're a GM because you're pissed off at somebody. You got to do what's best for the team. All right. Well, let's move on to the Central Division. Colorado also made quite a few moves, starting with. Um, Josh Manson, which happened earlier in the week. They got him from Anaheim for a second round pick in 2023 and Drew Hellison. They also acquired Arturi Lekkanen and Nico Sturm. And as Craig put it, an aging but useful Andrew Cogliano. Yeah. I, well, listen, I, I, I was uh, pushing the Josh Manson move like a month before the trade on our show. I love this move. I love Josh Manson. I think he's exactly what Colorado needs. They needed to be harder to play against on the back end. He's going to give them that edge. I like Colorado's moves overall, too. I think uh, they made some really good moves. When I look at the teams in the West, I mean, I, I like Calgary's moves as well, and we'll get to those in a minute. But when I look at the teams in the West – I like Colorado's moves probably the most of all. Actually, I got to throw Minnesota in that mix too. So, but I, I like a lot of what Colorado did. 
One of the problems that Colorado's had this year is some something you've seen with a lot of teams in the National Hockey League is guys in and out of their lineups with injuries. Again, they're a team that on their IR right now is Landeskog, Byram, Gerard, uh, Ryan Murray's a defenseman that's been in and out of the lineup all year. So Bo Byron's back skating again. If this team can get healthy, they again, it, if they're not the favorite, it's number two behind a very good Calgary Flame team. This is the team that should be in the Western Conference Finals. Um, their depth moves were great. I like Nico Sturm. Um, Tyson Jost is kind of a, you know, it's a one-for-one one trade that I think helped both teams. I, I think uh, freed up a little cap space for Colorado, and he's a player that's quicker. Nico Sturm's just faster, gets to the net harder than Tyson Jost. I think he fits what they're doing better. I like the depth from top to bottom. We talked about this, and funny enough, on the Sun Show, the only team that, that, that could threaten the Colorado Avalanche until the finals is the Colorado Avalanche. Will yeah. they beat themselves? And they've got guys in that room that can definitely um, cause issues and beat themselves. So if they can stay healthy and get Darcy Kemper good goaltending, there's no reason this team doesn't make it to the Western Finals. Absolutely. All right, moving on to St. Louis. Got Nick Letty and Oscar Sunquist. I always, this season, for some reason, I just forget about the St. Louis Blues. I don't know why. Um, but I know Craig has said before that they're his sneaky West dark horse team because you know they're still made up of that core group that won the Stanley Cup in 2019 but thoughts on these moves by St. Louis yeah I I did I did think they were a sleeper I just I wasn't on I wasn't impressed with St. Louis's moves Uh, Nick Letty just isn't the player he once was I I don't know this was another one of those just met uh, moves at the deadline for the Blues, and and you know ne- you never know what what GMs are thinking if they're happy with the way things are rolling. But St. Louis has slipped a little bit of late, actually, so I, it's hard to get inside the thinking. The cap plays a role there. I just didn't think that they kept pace with their main competitors in the West. Yeah, it's funny because I'm with Lee on this one, where where you kind of forget about the St. Louis Blues. I think you watch the national games, and it's mostly the Eastern teams, and the Coyotes don't play the Blues, so you don't see them as much as we're seeing other teams. Um, it's a really good team. It's going to be a playoff team. They're probably going to open up probably with Minnesota or Nashville. Um, Minnesota has a hard time playing this team, so that's a favorable yeah. matchup for St. Louis. Again, you got a couple guys on day-to-day injury. For the most part, they're healthy. Question mark for me is the goaltending again. Bennington clearly has shown he can play great in this league, but can he consistently make a team um, and make a long playoff run will be interesting to me. I like the team. I don't love the team. I don't know if they're as deep as either Colorado or um, Calgary in the West. I like this team. I think it's a team that can get through the first round. Um, But again, Craig, with making the move for Letty, I think it's something you can go to the room. Hey, look, we're trying. We, we brought in a big-name defenseman. Um, <laughs> we're trying to help you guys just to appease the locker room. Because if you don't make any moves at the trade deadline when you're coming in um, to a playoff run, the players look around and go, well, what the hell? We're right there. Give us some help. Everybody else got better. Can you make us better? So yeah. I think this is, is it's one of those moves that, okay, we got a little better. And, you know, he'll play with Perry Aiko, and it's a, it's a good pair. It's a pair that's going to eat a lot of minutes. But, is it a pair that fits though? Do they fit together? I'm not yeah, even sure. Those, their games know. fit. Yeah, I'm uh, a huge Perico fan. Like I really me too. like Colton Perico. Me too. Nick, I just I don't know if Letty can keep up with them. I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wild, probably one of the splashier moves of the trade deadline. Um, Minnesota added Mark Andre Fleury, who they acquired from Chicago for a 2022 
first round, well, it's a second round pick and it's conditional and becomes a first round pick if Minnesota makes the conference final and Flurry wins four games in the first two rounds. You'll love the detail on that one. This one was a bit of a surprise for me. I know that Flurry wouldn't move unless it was, like he said, best for his family, best for him. Um, we've talked about Flurry related to Toronto. We've talked about him related to Edmonton, teams that really desperately need goalies. What do you think about Flurry heading to Minnesota, which, by the way, GM Bill Guerin, former teammate of Flurry in Pittsburgh? Go ahead, Petey. I think that has a lot to do with this. I, I think B- Bill Guerin knows exactly what Mark Andre Flurry not only adds on the ice, it's more importantly what he adds off the ice. And I tell you what, they are going to love Mark Andre Fleury in the room. He's a guy that has won. He's a leader, and he will help guys get through a difficult playoff run. And I don't know if they had the people in that room that could do that prior to this. Um, you know, Alex Goligoski's won with Pittsburgh as well, but he's not Mark Andre Fleury. People are going to listen to Mark Andre Fleury. I think they'll share the goaltending duties. Talbot's been serviceable all year not elite but serviceable so i don't even know if it's as much about his goaltending as it is his leadership the the move that i think minnesota pushed them over the edge is getting delorier because he's got an element you could look at felino delorier you've got um greenway duhame this team's got a lot of bite to them right now something they didn't have in years past in minnesota so when you look at winning the western conference this year you're gonna have to get through colorado or Colorado, excuse me, Colorado too, but Calgary. And Calgary plays with a little bit of grit. And so I think Minnesota answered that question right now. I like this Minnesota Wild team. If they're goaltending, and that's a tandem of Talbot and Flurry is good, this is a good hockey team. They've got offensive defensemen. They've got guys that can score, and they're probably the deepest four-line team in the Western Conference right now. I really like the addition of Jacob Middleton too. He's This is a guy who's an analytics darling. He's a good defensive defenseman. That, that's a guy that's going to help them as well. Obviously, Fleury is the splashy addition, but Jacob Middleton is – don't sleep on him. He's a good player. He's going to help that team. He was picked uh, last in the 2014 draft, by the way, the last pick in that draft. So Got to love that. Gotta yeah, love that. exactly. Um, and then also didn't mention, but Tyson Jost as well um, yeah. added to Minnesota. Um, all right, Nashville, Jeremy was on, and you mentioned they were in on Phil Kessel, obviously didn't get it done. Not a ton of moves for Nashville. Again, Nashville to me is like Washington in the East where they're in the contention for the playoffs, will make the playoffs most likely, but not really a team I see at least making a very deep run. What are your thoughts on Nashville's move? This is a team that has to be cap conscious, and that's part of what plays into this here. So they like what they're doing. They like what the group is doing. I think they're just going to roll with well, – obviously, they're just going to roll with that now, but I don't know, know that they had the wherewithal to make a lot of moves either. Um, they they wanted the Coyotes basically to pay for Phil Kessel to come there. So they they just weren't in the position to make a lot of moves. Nashville is the most surprising team in the league to me this year. I can't believe where they're, they are where they are. I thought they were going to be right at the bottom of the West with the Coyotes, and here they are playing really good hockey right now down the stretch. Interesting team. I still don't think that they're they're going to do a lot of damage once the playoffs roll around, but kudos to them for even getting there when a lot of people had them out of it. 
Yeah, I think this is a team that's within one point of St. Louis and Minnesota. So you look at potentially those teams, that would be their first-round matchup. You look at Minnesota and St. Louis, or they follow the wild card, and if they go to Colorado or Calgary, I think it's a really tough go for them. Um, I I don't like their first-round matchups at all um, for this team. It's a team that I think has been on decline in the last few years, and I think that just continues with this roster. No splash at the trade deadline. They've got really good, not really good, above average goaltending this year that's really helped them um, solidify a playoff spot with UC Saros and, and get him to where they are. But but they're driven by the back end. They always have been, but they've lost those big pieces on the back end that they used to have to complement Roman Yossi. I, I think this is going to be a tough go for this team. They should be thrilled that they made the playoffs. I think all three of us had them outside looking in when we had our preseason show. So I, I think this will be a, hey, we made it to the playoffs. Great job, guys. Pat ourselves on the back, and then let's go golfing in seven days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dallas added Vladislav Nemetsnikov. How would I do on that? Um, Fantastic. And, and uh, Scott Wedgwood, obviously, we talked about him. Dallas, also, we mentioned last night, just passed <laughs> Vegas, which we'll get to later yeah. in the playoff race. Yeah, I don't want to spend much time on Dallas. They didn't do a lot in terms of additions. They needed a goalie because all of theirs are hurt. So they got Wedgwood to to fill in. And with Jake Ottinger, uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, to me, the the biggest uh, addition for Dallas is going to be getting Miro Heishkin back. He, he could be back this Saturday. They're surging. They could get into the playoffs again. I don't see Dallas as a team that's going to do much damage. But, you know, they have had some success in the past. This team is certainly capable of winning around. I just don't consider them anything more than that. Yeah. I, I, the wedge one was out of need more than it's going to help them push in the playoffs. He's a guy that clearly by the time the playoffs start, he could be the third guy sitting on the outside looking in. I doubt it. I, I think the Holpe injury is um, yeah. more serious than they're reporting, but you, but agreed this team needs high skin and back in the lineup. He's got mono. Now he's, he needs to come back. Like Klingberg's been carrying the mail for them on the back end, and he's a guy that I thought might go at the trade deadline, but they can't move him because of how close they are to a playoff spot. I I look at this Dallas Stars team, and I, honestly, and it's going to sound bad. I don't know what the hell they are. Like it doesn't have an identity. Like they're not a tough team. They're not a fast team like Florida. Like they're kind of just a mix of twenty guys, and that doesn't seem to get you through difficult playoff rounds they have some really nice players and that top line is a threat to score that jason robertson is having an unbelievable season and pavelski's pavelski's on the verge of having his career best point season at 37 years old so (laughs) amazing huh yeah he's a point of game guy and and so their top is good their defending is good and their goaltender is good none of those three areas is great and i'm afraid in this year's playoffs you're going to need to be great in one area or the other i just think this is an okay team um their additions domesticov's nice he'll add some depth to the team but it doesn't push this team over the top i'd like to see him make the playoffs rick bonuses last year coaching um, in the league so i'd love to see him make the playoffs so i'll be rooting for him down the stretch man crush on the uw guy joe pavelski (laughs) (laughs) that's right classmate former classmate you guys had sociology together didn't you (laughs) (laughs) all right last in the central winnipeg moved out cop who we talked about earlier got mason appleton and morgan Barron. it did not seem like winnipeg acquired much no this is i'm gonna give the thomas christ answer to this one 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a team that should be better, right? Like on paper, you look at this team and you go, gosh, they should be better. Like they're, they are fighting for a playoff spot and, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can jump into the, the wild card spot. They're right there. <sighs> I thought they'd be better they, with, with Wheeler, Shifley, um, Kyle Connors having a great year. Pierre Luc Dubois, you expected more from. They got depth with Stastny and now Appleton um, on the back end. I, I think that's what's hurt him this year because I still think they have one of the elite goaltenders in the league. He just needs help. Like Connor Hellebuck's, his numbers are good, but he needs better defenders to be great. Um, I, I don't and know. And that's I, been their I, issue, I, right? It's the defense. Yeah. It's their blue line. And, and Dustin Bufflin, you know, not being in the lineup hurts them. Yeah, Obviously, they lost Brian Little as well, who was a good player. But, yeah, the, the Bufflin thing really sort of decimated that blue line. And they it, Winnipeg has never seemed to recover from that loss. Yeah, they were always yeah. dangerous, like physically dangerous too back then with Bufflin. Like they were a big, heavy team all the way around. I think everybody played bigger with Bufflin on the ice. Um, yeah. With him being gone, it's another team searching for their identity. It's a good hockey team. Um, again, they're right there on the cusp of the playoffs. So maybe if, if everything falls into place and they get goaltending, maybe. But I have a feeling this is a team that's just outside looking in um, come the end of the season. Yep. All right, let's head over to the Pacific, last but not least, Vegas. We'll get to that in a, in a minute because there's a lot to unpack there. But Calgary earlier in the year got Tyler Foley, um, Ryan Carpenter, and you're, so you're going to have to say this one, Craig. I can't Kelly Arncroft. Kelly There Arncrug. you go. Yeah. Yeah. So those were Calgary's additions. I like those additions. Obviously, Tyler Toffoli is already paying dividends, but I like Calgary's additions. I want to see this team make a deep run. They're hard to play against. This is a really this is a team built for the playoffs now. I think this is going to be an interesting team to watch. Yeah, and the other thing they've got that sometimes doesn't get mentioned is their goaltender. And Markstrom is one of the best goal, goalies in the league. Again, it's in their team. You don't see enough. I, question though, Craig, I don't know if you've seen the highlights yet this morning where he speared a player yeah, driving the night yesterday I defending his crease. I'm curious to see if there's any supplemental discipline for him right as the Coyotes head into Calgary. Maybe it's nice if Markstrom takes a day off with the Yotes coming into town. Um, I don't know. Top to bottom. Have- <laughs> yeah. After we want after that perform after that performance and and Daryl Sutter sitting out the the news conference, I think Calgary will be ready to play no matter who's in goal. Yeah. yeah don't seriously. don't play a pissed off Calgary team in their building. No, it, it's a hard building to play against anytime. But when they're mad, this team is like we talked about. We talked about the depth that Dallas is missing and Winnipeg is missing. This team has depth. This is a strong team. They can play a physical on the walls. They can also play a high skill and fast. Can, what game do you want to play? They can play it. Um, and on top of that, they've got, in my opinion, they've got the best goalie in the Western Conference. I know there's some people in Colorado that would possibly disagree with me, but I, I think this is the most complete team. They don't have the high-end skill that Colorado does, but top to bottom, this is a really, really good hockey team. And again, in the playoffs, yes, give me playoff hockey. I'm ready. This is going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah, can't wait. Um, Los Angeles, Troy Stetcher. That's all <laughs> really th- another team that didn't make a ton of moves. There's always in every division, it feels like there's a team in a playoff position right now that you're like, yeah, this is going to be a in and out sort yeah. of situation. Yeah. Just by the way, on Markstrom, I don't think there is going to be any supplemental discipline. Just so you know, so they're probably oh, good. face him. But uh, with LA, you know how I look at this, like LA is still a team on the rise. You want to get playoff experience. You love what they're doing this season, but 
don't go out and start mortgaging the future yet. You're you're not cup ready. You're not a cup contender. Why would you go out and make big moves at this yeah. point? They made they made a minor move that you know they they may be in on Jacob Chikrin again this summer. We'll see about that. But but for now, I, I thought it made sense for LA just to sort of stay the course. Yeah, I think this is the team that's ahead of where they thought they would be in the rebuild process. I think they're, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're thrilled to be in the spot they are right now in the Pacific Division. Looks like they're headed to the playoffs for the first time in years. Um, yeah, you can't afford to to mortgage the future again, which they did when they won the Cups. They're just finally getting the cupboards full again from those runs. So, yeah, just they're, they're in no need to make splashy moves, but this is a team that's, if they want to compete at all in the playoffs, they're going to have to get healthy. Like they, they're they have so many guys on the IR right now: Athanasiu, Dustin Brown, Lemieux, Arvidsson, Mikey Anderson, Drew Doughty. Like they're a lot of guys, on, and they'll be coming off before the end of the season. But it's important they get some of these wins. There's a potential they get home ice in the Pacific. The other area that this team has been in flux all year with is their goaltending. Jonathan Quick is clearly not the goalie he was when he made the cup runs, and Cal Peterson is hot and cold. I think he's still he's got a guy that's still young that has looking for his consistency, similar to what we talk about with Vimelka. Their window is opening in the future, not today. And, and so I think it was important that they added a piece, just not a huge piece. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Last in the Pacific, Edmonton, Brett Kulak and Derek Broussard. What? <laughs> Who? What? Edmonton Edmonton didn't do anything to, to improve this team. They didn't do anything to improve this team. I, I, I didn't know where you start with Edmonton. Like, <sighs> what, what did we say Edmonton needed from the fall? Like what, goaltending what and <laughs> yeah, I mean they they need a lot of things. That, that that roster has a lot of flaws, but wow, they didn't they didn't they didn't solve any of them. But we didn't we said goaltending and defense isn't that what we've said literally since August. Yep. I hope they think they can outscore teams in the playoffs because that's how they're going to have to do it. And 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 the rink gets tighter and there's less ice in the playoffs. It gets a lot tougher to move around for those high skilled guys. So you better have a little bit of grit that can help shore up those things. You need to be deep. I don't see any of those things with this Edmonton Oiler team right now. I don't know if they addressed their needs. I don't know how they get through this. I mean, I think they're still going to make the playoffs, um, but I don't think this is a team you're going to have to look at and go, oh, my gosh, they're going to make a big run in the playoffs. Now watch me be wrong and Connor McDavid put the team on his back. But I, I don't see the depth, <laughs> yeah, I don't see do the depth the defending. Yeah, yeah, I don't see it. I, I I, I'm starting to wonder if Connor McDavid is going to be the best player in NHL history, never to win a cup. Wow. I mean, he's still young. He's 25, but wow. They're just, they just don't feel like they're anywhere close to winning a cup. Yeah, it's true. Well, all the moves are made. The trade deadline is over. These are the teams that will be competing forward for the cup. Both of you, who is the winner of the trade deadline? I don't know if I'd pick one winner, but I like what Florida did. Uh, I liked what Minnesota did. I like what Colorado did. And then Calgary earlier with the Tyler Toffoli move. So I picked those four teams as the teams that I like the most with their moves. And I don't like to admit this, but I'm going to agree with Craig. I like Calgary and Florida. (laughs) Uh, Calgary and Florida, to me, I I think did the right things at the right time. And I don't mind Tampa's little subtle ad of Hagel. So we'll see how that works out for them. Absolutely. Well, going forward now, like I said, these are the teams. So if you want to get 
some future bets in on these teams, you can do so at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And while you're at it, you can bet on March Madness, which is happening this week and going forward. It's a great time of year to bet on sports. There's a lot going on. So be sure if you haven't signed up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app yet, sign up using that promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Existing customers can bet on college basketball with same game parlays as well. Safe, secure, reliable, super easy to use. So if you haven't downloaded DraftKings yet, now is the time to do it. Promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any team to win and get 200 in free bets if they do. 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Vegas. Ooh, we got it. <laughs> Good. That's a perfect segue to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, gambling wow. in Vegas. Well, for those who don't know, minutes before the trade deadline on Monday, Vegas agreed to a trade that would send Evgeny Dadanov. Is that how you say his name? Dadanov. Yep. Is it? Yeah, it's Dadanov. I called okay. I called yesterday to confirm because it's been okay. pronounced every which way, but Dadanov. All right, Dadanov. And his $5 million salary cap hit to the Ducks, along with a conditional second round pick in exchange for Ryan Kessler's contract and defenseman John Moore. It was going to provide much needed cap relief for Vegas, which we'll get to also in a second. But then it became known that Dodonov had a no trade clause that included the Anaheim Ducks as one of the teams that he would not go to, that he filed with Ottawa on June 30th, and Vegas never received it from Ottawa, so they didn't know. And it's now Wednesday, so two days after the trade deadline, everything's still up in the air, all signs pointing to this trade not going through, which is a disaster for Las Vegas. What the heck is going on, and have you guys ever seen anything like this, and what is Vegas going to do now? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, because they've got all the uh, players that are on long-term injury reserve. They can shuttle more on there, but you know, listen, I know people say, well, when they, when they get healthy, they have to bring them off. Uh, listen, teams can fudge that for the rest of the month. It's easy to fudge that and keep guys on LTIR. The issue here is Vegas is trying to make the playoffs, and they, they'd probably like to have one of those guys back to help them make the playoffs. They're not in a good situation. I don't know what they can do at this point, but Anaheim, you know, Anaheim was on his no trade list. There's, there's no way you can get around that, in my opinion. They were on his no trade list, so you, you got to avoid this contract. That's look, that's looking like what it's what's going to happen. Not the contract, the trade. Um, what I wonder here is if another team could step in and say, "Hey, Vegas, you know, we know you need to move that contract. We're not going to the playoffs anyway. We don't care if if Titanov plays for us." Would you give us an asset in exchange for us taking that cap hit off your hands? They might yeah. do that. And, that and, you, know, really and you, know who, you know who might be on that list? The Arizona Coyotes. Look, people are wondering, well, are the Coyotes on his no trade list? You know who's on Dodonov's no trade list? Teams in cities where the tax implications are bad, like Southern California, like Anaheim. The huh. Coyotes, I don't think the Coyotes are on that list. So that's one to watch. I do think that's a possibility. I think yeah. they'll explore it. And I think we forget that you can make trades after the deadline. But like you mentioned, you, that player then can't play for the team. So, man, Vegas is in a tough cap situation, Petey. 
I, I I'm so confused. Look, the the second they signed Jack Eichel, everybody across North America said, "Oh shit, they've got cap problems." Like this isn't something that snuck up on them, and they go, "Oh oh, we we you know it's, it's April fifteenth. We need to pay our taxes." They knew the day they signed Jack Eichel, this was a problem. So can you address it before? If they would have tried to change trade Dodonov two weeks ago, then they would have known, and then I still have time to recover. Well, somebody made a mistake here. Whether it's Ottawa's Amen. fault, Amen. Is it Ottawa's fault? Is it the NHL's fault? Is it Vegas's fault? Somebody's at fault for not knowing his no trade list. You do you call the agent? Somebody should have known because now this is a team that's in free fall in the standings. They've got two teams nipping at their heels that both have games in hand in Winnipeg and Anaheim, or excuse me, Winnipeg and Vancouver. Um, so now they're not only they're out of the playoffs. Now you're you've got a, a guy that Jack Eichel is not producing the offense they had hoped for, but Stone, Martinez, McNabb, Pacioretty, Laner, Smith, Hag, Amadio are out of the lineup. They're not <laughs> going to win without those guys in a in a competitive playoff race, and, and they need Robin Laner first and foremost. Their goaltending has been average to below average for the last two weeks. They need to shore that up. This is a team, what, what are they going to do? And and this is an owner that, I mean, first of all, he's angry. He, he expects to win the Stanley Cup every single year. What if they miss the freaking playoffs? Yeah. And and because of this screw up too, like you said, Petey, somebody somebody needed to do, you needed to, to solve this earlier. You needed to figure out a way. So if you're an executive, whether whether it's your cap guy or your GM, somebody blew it here. This reminds me of when the Blackhawks failed to qualify three of their RFAs by the deadline. So they had to sell off a bunch of players right after they won their first cup in 49 years. You can't have that kind of screw up in your front office. You'll wonder if a head's going to roll, especially like you said, if Vegas misses the playoffs. Yeah. So where though, because Gerard Glonk gets fired after taking this team to the Stanley cup finals, (laughs) they were one point out of the playoffs (laughs) in the middle of the season when he gets fired. Now I know there's relationships and there's other issues besides where they are in the standings. I get that. But where's Pete DeBoer stand for one? This is clearly not his fault. And you're coaching a team that's completely depleted for the entire season. They haven't had their roster together for one game this year. Not one. So you, you can't put that on the coach. Now do you look at George McPhee and Brad McCrimmon and go, Kelly McCrimmon and go, what the hell's going on? Somebody's going to be in trouble for this, especially if they can't unload that contract. Now, if they can unload Dononov and get him to the Arizona Coyotes and I tell you what, Bill Armstrong is robbing the bank again. He can hold them up and go, okay, oh, we can do that. We're one of the teams that can. It's going to cost you a first. Can you do that? Absolutely. Bill's going to do it again. I'm telling you, he's going to rob the bank. He's going to have another <laughs> asset because they have no choice. They need to do You got a player now that's going to disrupt the locker room. It's going to be a problem because they don't want them there. They're, they're a mess. This is an absolute mess right now in Vegas, and I don't know the way out of it. They can't wait till playoffs. You can't wait till playoffs and magically add seven guys to your lineup. You can't do it. You can't. The chemistry will be off. It'll take four games just to get them going. It's I only I, a 40, 45 minute flight to the Valley for a game. <laughs> no yeah. problem. Problem like solved. That. Along with that draft pick. I like. I love that idea. We'll see what happens because something's going to have to happen there. Way over cap, they have fifteen point five million on the long term injury reserve, and like you said, some of those players are going to have to come back. It, it would be a different situation if Vegas was comfortably in a playoff spot right now, but they're not. Um, so this has been crazy. We talk about that the ownership will do anything for this team to win. Well, they might have overdone it a little bit, and not like you said, somebody 
messed up here. And we talk about locker rooms and their chemistry inside the locker room. You don't think this is going to piss off Mark Stone? I'm healthy. I'm ready to come back and you can't bring me back? I know you can get around it. Oh, your 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 body's not quite ready. Bullshit. I'm ready to play. I want to play. Like, I can help this team and you're telling me I can't? Yeah, but those guys, too, they don't want to lose players, right? They don't. Okay, you come back. That means we have to jettison a couple of players. Mark, Mark Stone doesn't want to see that happen. 100% agree. Yeah. Agree, but I, I'm saying, what does that do to their locker room, Craig? When I'm ready and I'm healthy and I can help, but you, I can't play? Mm-hmm. I understand why I can't because of what it does to the room. And now the finger pointing is going to start. Oh, guess yep. what? All this started to happen when we brought in Jack Eichel. So how do you think that? <laughs> I was wondering about that, too. So I really do wonder about that. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that, those questions are going to happen because that's exactly when this happened. This is what's causing the cap problems. It's Jack freaking Eichel. I, I, I don't know if this plays well for the, for the Vegas Golden Knights going into the playoffs, even if they resolve the cap issues. I don't know if they have the cohesive unit inside that locker room right now that can withstand a long run without players like Mark Andre Fleury, like we talked about before, they don't have that guy that can pull this glue together. So maybe, uh, I don't know, it's too early to tell, Craig, but beginning of the end in Vegas. Yeah, we've been waiting for it. So, (laughs) yeah, we've been waiting for it. I'm not necessarily upset about it, but I'm sure their fans and their all the Vegas staff are. But, Craig, I know you have to get going. So we'll let you go. Petey and I will bring this home and uh, we'll, we'll see you on Friday for our post game show. He's got to go work. He's got to go interview people and get more breaking news stories. Yeah. Shout out to Colin Thiessen for ASU for earning a, an AHL contract yeah. with the Roadrunners. Yeah. Awesome. Played down through the end of, yeah. PTO for the rest of this year. And he's got a contract for next season. He had a hell of a year for the, for the uh, Sun Devils. He led him in scoring. He was I think tied for 12th in the nation in points. So good for him after transferring from Notre Dame. Yep. Absolutely. Love to see them stay in Arizona. Well, while Craig heads out to go do all his interviews, of course, which usually translate to amazing stories on <laughs> gophnx.com. So be sure to sign up and become a member. It's just under $60 for a whole year. You get a shirt when you sign up. Members also get weekly deals on merchandise right now. It's buy one, get one 50% off for all Coyote shirts in the locker. So it's a great time to become a member at gophnx.com. Be sure to do that. Um, Craig, if you need to leave at any time, go. I just want to quickly talk about the <laughs> because this is significant for me i figured it was specifically right. i will i will catch up on that later i will catch you guys later okay yes all right yeah, see you craig pd and i will bring this home not much longer i promise the toronto maple leafs justin bieber jersey collab have i mean <laughs> that's breaking news right there that's break i we needed to talk about it i had it in the notes i needed to talk about it um, I think it looks incredible. It's a reversible, which is sick. Like, are they really wearing this thing? I don't actually know, but I love because it. I saw Matthews and Marner wearing it. Yeah. So they're promoting it. Like, is it a? Is it just available online as a store? Is it? A, is it a thing? Are they really going to play in this thing? I don't know. It'd be cool if they did. I'd love Justin to see it happen. Bieber collaborating on NHL jerseys. I guess that's where we're at. I, guess. I love it. They're flashy. Can can they wear them inside out? So they're blue in the first period, and then flip them out to that. I don't know. Is it yellow? Is that what? Yeah, it's like yellow and black. And then flip it over for the second, so they can alternate per period. Because they're both black is the base. So can they do that? I think there's a lot of rules that need to be tested here, Leah. I know. I agree. 
All right, and last thing quickly before we head out, the top prospects game is today. Um, so that's one Coyotes fans will want to keep an eye on. And the list of players to watch at the prospects game, led by Shane Wright and Logan Cooley. Um, I love in the graphic for the list, it has Shane Wright wearing a Coyotes Montreal, Kraken, Kingston, <laughs> Jersey, all at once. So up in the air, we've talked about the tank battle. Um, we talk about it pretty much every day, especially last night. So yeah, what if this would clarify where these guys fall in? Because Matthew Savoy is playing. You talked about Logan Cluey and Shane Wright. This is the time where you get to see all these players play on the same ice against the best talent, um, getting prepared for the draft. Um, I think this is going to be one of those areas – Coyotes clearly needed a center. So let's see. I'm curious to see if this changes the the overall um, draft ratings from Central Scouting after this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts at 5 o'clock tonight. I don't know if it's on the NHL Network. And I clearly I know. Think I'm, that's I'm trying to look. Um, but I don't know if it's going to be. It's in Kitchener at 5 o'clock our time. And I know the NHL Network usually shows it, but this might be only available in Canada. And I'm concerned because I can't find it either. Well, you know, there's always a way to stream stuff. It might not be legal but there's always a way so. so i tell you what leah how about we look i'll research it after and we can send it from the 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 beat account and we tweet it absolutely we can so we'll do that for all these other teams that we talked about today they're going for it now for the coyotes it's all about the future so tonight is the perfect opportunity to look at who may be a part of that for the coyotes um that's all from us had a long one today it's kind of it's fun to talk about other teams though in the nhl um see what it's like for these teams making a push hopefully the coyotes are in that position in a few years from now so we'll see how that goes um thank you all so much for listening please like subscribe and leave us a review if you haven't already and also head over to the phnx sports youtube channel and subscribe hit the notification bell so you never miss a show we're off tomorrow, but we'll be back Friday for our post-game show after the Coyotes take on the Calgary Flames, which should be an interesting one. All, all the teams we talked about the Coyote, today, the Coyotes play in their next three games, Calgary, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. So should be interesting to see how those teams do now with their additions. Petey, any final yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I'm just looking up the NHL schedule, and I think it's on. Top Prospects game is on the NHL Network tonight at 5 okay. o'clock. Okay, great. There you go. So if you NHL have NHL Network, Network tune in at 5 or hit, or record it on your DVR and watch it whenever you can. Um, please follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. And uh, we'll see everybody on Friday. And have a great rest of your week, everyone.